Hello, Firelighters. Thank you so much for being here. I know audio is an important part of your life. So just wanted to remind you that my audio course, 10 Pieces of Advice You'd Like to Have as a Child, is available on Listenable. You can get a seven-day free trial to listen to my course or the hundreds of other courses available on there. Just go to educationonfire.com forward slash listenable. Hello, my name is Mark Taylor and welcome to the Education on Fire podcast. The place for creative and inspiring learning from around the world. Listen to teachers, parents and mentors share how they are supporting children to live their best authentic life and are proving to be a guiding light to us all. Today I'm delighted to be chatting to Peter Claxton and he is the Senior Director EdTech Solutions at ViewSonic. Now, ViewSonic are a leader in ed tech. They're playing their part in a digital transformation of education, engaging learners, streamlining teaching and improving outcomes both inside and outside of the classroom. Now, Peter is an education consultant and a lot of experience in working in the education computer software industry. He's an innovative, creative leader and his career has always been driven by a deep passion for greater educational outcomes for all. Peter has spoken all over the world on ed tech and successful implementation now, this conversation is fascinating, both in terms of the philosophy behind what education is, in terms of how technology can actually help and support and give you an environment both in and out of the classroom to really help give a sense of, of what education can look like going forward. So just before this absolutely fascinating conversation, here's a quick thank you to our sponsor. The National Association for Primary Education is a non-political UK charity. As Vice Chair, I'm delighted to be hosting six online CPD events to enable you to be supported as educators, no matter where you are in the world. To find out more information, go to nape.org.uk forward slash online hyphen events. That's nape.org.uk forward slash online hyphen events. Hi, Peter. Thank you so much for joining me here on the Education on Fire podcast. It's a real interest of mine, this kind of relationship between the the education world in its sort of traditional sense, but also how this sort of blended idea of technology and how companies are working together with education. I think that's the way forward as things start to move into education in the 21st, 22nd, 23rd century. So I'm really looking forward to how this takes us forward. So thank you very much for being here. Thank you, Mark, and thank you for inviting me to talk today on this beautiful sunny day. So let's start, ViewSonic, what's the company's background, what's its kind of focus and what's your position within it? So ViewSonic is really a company that is absolutely passionate about education. I am a senior director for ViewSonic, although I think I prefer the term education evangelist because I'm really passionate about the benefits that technology can bring in education, especially in this sort of post-COVID world we're in now. And I think you mentioned the COVID situation, of course, that blended is something which we'd hardly talked about before. There was very much kind of homework and things that happened at home and there was very much then school and of course everything's been turned on its head. So where does that sort of blended idea um, fit in what you perceive to be the future as we get as we go forward well I think we have to take a step backwards a little bit and also really talk about the benefit that um, we've seen as a result of COVID so COVID has allowed 
schools to be catapulted into the world of blended or hybrid learning. And whatever we do moving forward, we do not want to lose that position. We actually want to build on that. And the greatest danger is that we risk stepping backwards to where we were 18, 19 months ago, pre-COVID. So I think my first point is let's build on what we've seen happening in the last 18 months, which has been extremely positive. And one of the things which is obviously an, an important issue is actually the technology itself. I mean, I, we, I've even just experienced it. We're just recording here as every school is sort of going back for the autumn term. And even within my teaching situations, some of them are, are more set up than others in terms of the remote learning, not just in terms of delivering lessons, but in terms of sharing um, information and lessons and, and plans and all of, all, of, all of that kind of thing. And I think it's that kind of streamlining and understanding that we don't want to get bogged down in lots of multi-trainings um, that we need to do just to actually do our jobs in that blended setting. Definitely. Uh, and I think you mentioned earlier as well the word collaboration. I think... As you know, your listeners listen to this, they, they need to think a little bit about who they actually work with and who which technology companies they choose to really build a relationship with. Because I think that sharing and working deeply with a technology company is really, really important. And also picking technology that has a low entry that it's easy to get into, that doesn't require a large amount of technical knowledge. And that, again, is something we've focused a lot on. We have 200 plus people in our organisation who are based solely on working on our software. And what is really important to us is that those people work with the teachers so that the product we develop is really usable within the variety of settings that we will actually, schools will actually encounter. And so I guess it brings up an interesting point, doesn't it, in terms of, of where the school meets you or meets any technology company, because often you have an old set of computers or maybe you have one or two good whiteboards and some things that you know you sort of have this whole sort of mishmash of um of technology around so i guess where where, do, where should schools start where do they kind of meet um these kind of conversations in terms of you know do we get rid of everything if we can afford it and start again afresh do we integrate certain things how does that sort of planning and that understanding kind of work from your regard so from the work that i've done over my career i would say that the first thing that schools have to do and any of your listeners need to do is to think about what is their vision what is their vision for technology before they even look at the hardware or the software talk to companies sit down and vision think about what you want to do and part of our work at viewsonic is really helping schools to do that. This is about a long-term relationship. So schools need to build trust with the organisation they're going to work with, the company like ViewSonic. And to do that, 
start by looking at what your vision is. And the other, you know, if people take away nothing from this podcast, think about senior leadership. Without senior leadership or head teachers actually being involved and actually buying into the technology, it will be very difficult to build a whole school plan. And one follow-up thing I'd like from there is, um, is I think you're absolutely right. The vision is really key. And like you say, the senior leadership, the heads are are absolutely vital to that in terms of sort of dispelling that down through the school. Now, as part of that vision, how do you work in the conversation around budgets and costs? Because I'm sure many people listening would say, we'd love to have all of this stuff that might be on offer but we just can't afford it. Um, and I know that's a really limiting belief. And I think the vision part for me is also in that kind of what would we like? And then it's that conversation about how we get there. So I'm interested to sort of know your thoughts on that. I think this is a journey that a school will go on. So I've I spent eight plus years working with a school in the West Midlands. And that started from them being in... Um, a failing state with Ofsted and the work we did was actually building a plan and realizing that we couldn't do everything at once so first of all you cannot you're not making a pot noodle here you're not it's not an instant solution education is complicated and all our listeners will know that so what we what I would say is the first thing is the vision. The second thing is plan out what you can do. You know, some companies offer um, leasing, for instance, as an option. But also think about how much money are you using now at school that could be redirected towards education technology. I was in a school on Wednesday of this week. I walked through the staff room because we were doing some training on ViewSonic with the t with the school who's just purchased. There were three huge photocopiers churning out paper. Now, apart from a whole conversation on sustainability, I think there is a real need to look at how much can be saved with, say, one-to-one -one learning. And in that situation where you um where you say you get a school on board in terms of working with you how um how in depth does that need to be could it literally just be they buy one new product as part of that kind of ongoing plan i guess it like i guess you've answered it already in terms of it's the relationship in the conversations to see how you can grow it is and i think you've got to with when you work with a school you've got to look at the hardware that they've got and you spoke about that but also the skills within the school and within the teachers what is, you need to do an audit, not just of the actual physical computers and hardware and interactive flat panels. You need to do that of the teachers as well. What skills do the teachers have? Where are they? And where do we want to take them on their journey? And when you've done both of those, you can then start to build what equipment you actually want to put in there yes a school might start off with a couple of boards a couple of view boards 
and software. And I'd always recommend, as another little thought for the schools, to always get a few teachers involved. So even though you might be buying one, you get a small team that become your hybrid expert team. And you work with those so they can help each other. Because they're going to be changing and managing the change within the school because a lot of what we're talking about is really change management. And I guess that builds in an awful lot of confidence, doesn't it? Because what happens is, is that, you know, you could have a magic wand and you could completely change all the software, all the hardware in a school today. But we also know that next year or five years or 10 years, it's not going to be the same because it's continually morphing and changing and being developed for the needs that we need. So having that mindset shift and that understanding that all we're doing is we're ebbing and flowing, we're adapting, we're, we're using the skills, the understanding, the technology that we have at hand then all of a sudden that doesn't feel like such a restraint, does it? It feels like, like I say, it's on that journey in, in a very organic way. It, exactly. And, you know, I can't emphasise enough that it's it's a whole school chain. So we talk about collaboration between companies like ourselves and the schools. And I've worked on several large projects across Europe, Erasmus Plus Knowledge Alliance projects, where academics, companies like ViewSonic and the schools have all worked together to change education within a country. And I just think that collaboration is so important. What um, what are your thoughts in terms of, of the, the relationship between, I want to call it sort of home technology and school technology? Um, because I think one of the things that we've realised in, in terms of this blended sort of hybrid world is the fact that we're going to have more and more fluidity about where we learn and how we learn. And I think one of the things that COVID obviously brought into focus was the amount of technology that children and parents had at home. And of course, that came out of the blue and there was an immediate kind of, where are we? What are we trying to do? I'm, we were in exactly that position with me and my wife working from home and three children studying. <laughs> it suddenly became, oh, where's all the, where are the appliances, the technology, the broadband, all of that kind of thing. But in, t in terms of moving forward and, like I say, having this vision and setting forward, is, th is there kind of a sort of a balance there between the actual hardware and software you're going to be using within a school, which is obviously can be budgeted for and, and planned for in some way? And are there any sort of things we need to be aware of in terms of that sort of home life as well, if we're wanting that to be integrated as best we can? I, I think there is. And, it, and clearly the um, COVID situation has highlighted a digital divide we have within the country. And I think schools are very aware of that. Schools that are working in more challenging areas may well have come across this as well. And I know, even though it was a slow start, I think the government did end up distributing about a million laptops into education during the last 18 months to really help those children. And of course, broadband is the other one that is a real critical issue. That's actually a critical issue in schools as well, because as you build more and more of your one-to-one -one approach or your devices, you actually need within schools a more robust broadband. And that's why when you do start to work with a school, you also need to look at, you know, probably four key areas. One we touched on, visioning. 
you know, another one is the integration of the actual technology into learning. The third one is the professional development. And actually, the final one is the technology infrastructure and management. And if you take all those four and you look at them in a school, you can also look at some of those at the home as well. And I guess that I guess that that's really key, isn't it, in terms of vision? You know, the school can be having these conversations in terms of this is where we'd like our learning to be developed to be heading to be supportive for you and this is the kind of thing we would like to give you the opportunity of having and then like I say then there's a conversation about how do we make that happen how do we make it available what do we have to offer um, and all of those things and, and, I, and I can see there from those four things that you mentioned you really have to kind of move them all I guess relatively at the same time because if you've got the the actual hardware but you don't have the broadband and the infrastructure or you don't have the training then everything starts to come apart of the seams a little bit. It must be that kind of just sort of moving everything in one step at a time as it sort of sort of goes up to the surface of, of actually creating what you'd like. Exactly. And that's why you need senior leadership involved because you've really got to focus and have people within the school who have some of these responsibilities. And it, it's not just the, the technician. They've got a part to play, but it's actually the classroom teachers I think if we look and I look at where the schools I go to that are successful, the head teacher is always senior leader is always involved and they've always been bought in to help grow the vision. But, you know, two other areas are important as well. One is involving the teachers we've touched on. We haven't mentioned involving the students and having the students involved. And then the third area is really making sure that you evaluate it. So you do an evaluation to start with so that you actually know where you are. Because if you don't know where you're starting from, how do you know where you're going to get to? So doing an evaluation to start with, I would say is absolutely important. And then doing one at milestones across the adoption of the technology. And there are some good self-review frameworks out there. So again, to anybody listening, have a look at some of the self-review frameworks. There's European ones. There is NACE. I don't know if people have come across NACE, which is an organization, and they have a nice self-review framework. So again, look at those in order to help you plan technology is everywhere now. It really struck me the other day that without these technology skills, how will the children survive in the world? And the reason it struck me is I reversed into a wheelie bin, which might seem a little funny, but the wheelie bin and my Land Rover, the wheelie bin came off quite badly. But to get a wheelie bin, I've got to go online. I can't talk to a single human being and I've got to order it online. And it just made me think about, well, technology is now everywhere and in our lives. And the children that we are teaching now are growing up into this world. So that's really the argument for why this is so important. And technology being in the school is critical moving forward. 
so one of the things that struck me when I was looking at the website was this idea of kind of forward-facing learning and teaching. And I guess from that, I mean, having a teacher at the front, even if they're surrounded by technology, just talking about, and here's what we're doing and explaining via a whiteboard or a way of engaging with the children. And I know we, you know, they can get up and, and, and use that technology as well. But that kind of idea of one-to-one learning, it seemed to me it was much more about students working on their own within this setting and the teacher having the ability to work and move around much more. So rather than that kind of giving information and being stood at the front of the class, there was actually much more sort of an organic moving around while the children were able to work. But of course, the teachers are still then able to see what's going on based on the fact that I guess it's all going to be online there. Yeah, and I think we're that sort of... Um guide on the side is a really key philosophy in, in ViewSonic's mind about how our solutions can work. And we actually have lots of schools that have multiple boards within a classroom. So it is about a new learning space. And moving forward, it's also about having technology. So the technology we've got would allow children that are actually present in a classroom and some that might be isolating or might be in hospital or might not be able to attend school to actually work in groups and to actually put them together in groups even if they're not physically in the same space and i guess the more that is a reality within the school confines then that becomes even less and less of an issue doesn't it because we're used to working in small groups here we might be in a different room or this other part of the classroom and we're all in I'd say all in our little work groups and working together so then when you are remote especially bearing in mind every child now has had the experience of what it's like to be remote as well but with that cohesion and understanding and the fact that it oh yeah we know what this feels like we know what this looks like we know how to communicate and we're not making do. This is just a version of what we're doing already. Yeah. And it allows it to be a two-way process. Because one thing about remote learning, hybrid learning, is often it can be one way, the teacher to the students. But if you have the right technology, the right software, the right solution, then actually you can have two-way communication and be gaining feedback from the students, whether they are sitting at home or they are in another part of your classroom. And you might have Mark, who is at home, and Peter, who is in the classroom, actually working together, collaborating. So collaboration seems a word of today's conversation to actually solve a problem and to, you know, move on. So just take us a little bit into the into the tech of, of what ViewSonic does in terms of the, the range of, of actual hardware products and, and, and some of those sort of software things as well and, and, and how that kind of really benefits everyone? Well, the ViewSonic board is, is an evolution of the interactive flat panels, which was an evolution of the old smart boards with the projector and the screen that I'm sure many of your uh, listeners will have remembered. And... The actual hardware we have, it's really the software that is the key. And the software, there are lots of things you can do within that. So there's about eight different pieces of software built together. I think the ones that I would highlight quite a a lot and the ones that are really being used at the moment is the actual MyViewBoard Classroom, 
which really allows what I just described. It allows students remote and in the classroom to work together in huddle groups and to actually then have their work shared onto the screen or to let other people see their work. So it's allowing a really collaborative environment. We talked before a little bit about the training and, and actually making it as easy to use as possible. I guess within any school environment, you're still going to have some people just saying, but it's still another thing. It's still something I don't quite have the time or the, or the headspace, um, um, have the headspace to, to, to be doing on top of everything else. So I know we've covered it in terms of it comes to the vision, it comes from the leadership, it comes from all of that kind of thing. But if you've got a few pieces of advice you could share, let's say that there's a, a head teacher thinking, yes, I know there's going to be one or two people that's still going to be slightly resistant. It just sort of some bits of advice or, or a phrase or a way of putting something that might just open that door enough to kind of let them walk through. What, what we've seen is often that the successful adopters of the technology really lead the people that are maybe slower to adopt the technology. So pairing people together. So say Mark isn't very keen on the technology, helping him work with Jane or whoever is much keener on the technology seems a good way to actually drive adoption. And also accept that you can't win everybody to start with. It's better to focus on the ones that are really keen and build that to bring along other members of your team. But, you know, if I think to the schools that are really adopting it, they are making it part. It's not there is not one training session and then everybody will be an expert. Our trainers and many of our trainers are ex-teachers. So they've been in the classroom just like I've been in the classroom. So they realise the challenges of teaching. But many of our trainers and many of our successes come when it's being constantly reinforced. So I know of schools where every staff meeting every week, one teacher will have to share an example of how they've used the software to the other teachers. And, and it's that sort of reinforcement that builds the actual adoption. And Let's think about it. COVID really showed us the resilience and expertise and brilliance of teachers that they went overnight on that March date to suddenly doing remote learning. So I think it's really important that we look for some of the short term wins to show the rest of the team the way to move forward with technology and accept that we won't take everybody on the journey straight away. Some people will take longer and it may be that it's a difficult concept or, or topic they're trying to teach that will actually help them to come on board and start to use the software. Yeah and I think that opens a really interesting thought process in terms of you know, we're all teachers, we're all educators, and, and you'll know from your vast experience that that hasn't changed that much in many years in terms of it's about relationships with the children. It's about sharing information. It's about collaboration, as we, as we said, the, the word of the day, um, that kind of lighting a fire, you know, really getting children involved. And that looks different from a technology point of view over those years. But I think just reinforcing the fact that as teachers and educators, you know all of that already. You know the pupils in your school. You know the environment of your school. 
Um, and, and I think those that those two sides of the coin that you mentioned now, I think are important, you know, being able to highlight that you can do this by clicking here, here and here, which will enable you to do something a bit easier, which is literally a little bit sort of painting by numbers because it means that you can get a quick win. But then, like you say, that ongoing vision and that ongoing dialogue of kind of we can really understand what you were trying to create within this class. We can see where where this sort of area of learning was going and we can see what the children were wanting to do. Let us explain and show you what the technology was would have been able to sort of help you and support you with so that you can sort of walk into that next time and so like I say that's sort all of ongoing development which then I would imagine is going to spark that that interest in the teacher as well as the pupils absolutely and I think once you can show a teacher how they could do something differently and actually engage the students through the sort of technology that we have that's where they really suddenly the light bulb comes on. And I think another thing which um, I've heard in, in, in recent months is the idea of actually learning together. And it's a little bit fearful for lots of people. And I think especially some people in education where you kind of feel like you should know the answers and you're sharing that with your pupils, even if you're only one or two lessons um, ahead. But rather than that kind of, you know, technology is... The, the domain of, of of young people you know that's what they were born into it's the way everything is going and I think when you can embrace the fact that it may be that there are people within your class who would actually just develop it and use it and understand it and, and work it out and be able to show you as an educator you know it might be that you can create a a, a place within your school day or week or, or however you want to do it where you're going to explore this is what we're going to be studying how can we use what's here let's try and develop this together let's see where this is and you can kind of wrap the educational elements around that but I think that just changes the whole dynamic of what a classroom is because you know I'm learning from you but you're learning from me and we're all learning together and I think there's something incredibly powerful about that and certainly would would make a difference in, in my children's life I think. No I think that's a really nice way to put it and I've certainly been into schools that have student technology panels where that group will work with the teachers and you'll take the expertise of the students and actually marry it with the actual knowledge and the content knowledge of the teacher to actually solve the problem. So I think you've just articulated very well exactly one of the things we do see going on in schools and remember when we talked about you know what what are the traits we see in successful schools involving the students is actually high up there you know obviously collaboration is the word of the day and and one of the things which education is at the moment is often quite competitive because um schools are obviously trying to get pupils and numbers and that relates to money and that kind of thing but of course being able to work together is something which certainly in the old days of clusters and, and maybe even today to a certain extent within academy chains there's a bit of a yin and yang in there so so what are your thoughts about that no certainly i think we're seeing post covid that some of the schools are now working much more together. And, and that's what we want, that collaboration between schools where they might be sharing resources, they might be sharing a teacher of a subject that one of the other schools doesn't have. So I think that's something positive that we want to see. And, and yeah, collaboration is that word. And 
I think it's sometimes a little sad that some of the way that schools have gone is to compete with, with, with each other rather than collaborating. And I think the one thing that I find really exciting about these conversations is the fact that it just stops the barriers of entry. Um, it's it, like I, I mentioned before, you know, we'd love this, but we can't afford it. We we think it's a great idea, but it's only possible for this type of school. Or if we had the time, we could do that. And I think hopefully what we've managed to do is we've managed to sort of bust open those things enough to be able to say, just sit down with a piece of paper or or on your or on your your device and work out what's that vision or what's my vision as a senior leader and then take that to the rest of the team and then you know like say let that go through the rest of the school it doesn't have to cost you a penny to begin with it just has to start with something just pull that edge of the corner back a little bit like say no matter who you're talking to how you're going about it and just open up the idea and then start that journey and you know the the famous quote of every journey starts with a single step you know that's really the case and and the journey is going to be ongoing and it's not a destination you're going to get to and hopefully all those sort of ideas and things that we've discussed I think maybe just kind of make that a little bit easier to do no definitely we we need it we need the catalyst within the school to start the reaction and to, you know, set that education on fire. So just as we finish off then, just give us an idea of of how ViewSonic are doing that as well. Because I know, of course, you've got the hardware and the software and the ability to go in and train as well. But I know you've got the idea of, of sharing these sorts of things. Obviously, you're here today on, on the education on fire, but in terms of where people can go in and learn more within your sort of ecosystem, as it were, in terms of how you're supporting teachers. Well, you know, any of your viewers are welcome to reach out to me and I'm happy to connect them with members of the team who can talk to them and explain what we're doing we can you know arrange to look at schools that are already using our technology obviously we attend exhibitions and we're hoping to be at bet you know this year in london so there'll be plenty of opportunities to join us there and talk with us i think you know somebody said to me the other day and i think it's a really interesting and good quote is the right technology will challenge the status quo in education and in schools. And I think, you know, there will be some of that. And I think that's, yeah, that, that that's a really good point in terms of we know education needs to change in some ways. We know that it wants to change. We know it has the ability to change. And I think let's finish on that collaboration word again. I think it is that kind of the working together, the, the, the way that we can implement many things in education and of course today we're talking about that sort of technology as our as our main focus but i think it's actually understanding that we're teaching our pupils to to live their life now which is incredibly important to use the technology and the skills that they have now and also have those learning ideas and insights that are going to take them forward into their into their older life whether it's next year the year after or into their adulthood so that they can create and the devices that we need in the future that they can solve the problems that we're going to need um solving in the future and and i think that is the key thing there no longer is it a question of just going to school and coming out the other end and you know we can 
pull all this together in terms of well-being when children have got a focus they've got an understanding a drive a, 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 a real desire to know that it's their education and they're not passive in it they're an active part in it and i think i think we've really sort of got across today the fact that that really is the case in in lots of different ways and, and how technology can help that so well peter thank you so much for being here it's been a real insightful conversation and i can i really like i said at the beginning to be able to see how companies outside of education are really supporting education and and how we can just finish off with that collaboration so thank you very much indeed no thank you very much and maybe leave with one one comment which is i think it's in back to the future one of the last lines in the last film says, your future is whatever you make it, so make it a good one. And I think that reflects exactly your comments. So thank you, Mark, for your time. And thank you, everybody, for listening. And feel free to reach out. Thank you so much for listening. It's such a pleasure to be able to bring you such wisdom and inspiration. If I could ask you to do one thing, please share this podcast with one other person just so that we can really make the most of our ripple effect of being able to just reach as many people as possible. And that way we can make the biggest difference in the world. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to know more about the community and how to get involved, please go to educationonfire.com forward slash fire. Thanks for listening to the Education on Fire podcast. For more information of each episode and to get in touch, go to educationonfire.com. Education is not the filling of a pail, but the lighting of a fire.